0: Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, of course, Buffy, the vampire slayer. So, um, this episode... I am discussing iRobot Eugene, which aired on April 28th, 1997. And as y'all may or may not know, this particular supplemental podcast of What's This Bitch Talking About is I am doing this project that will take seven years to complete, in which I'm going to watch every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after it aired. So, since today is April 28th, 2017, we're doing iRobot Eugene today. So, this was the 8th episode, I think, of the whole series? Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, I have all my ratings on here. I gotta, like, take my sweater off. Let's get into this, okay? Let's get serious. Yeah. Okay. So, I gotta skip past this first page here. Okay, so, this episode, just, like, quick plot summary. It is about a demon in the internet. Um, It's important to note that in 1997, we were still scared of the internet. It was, um, back in this time period, my mom thought the internet was evil, even though she does not remember this. How convenient. And, um... (laughs) so she didn't let us have it. We had a Juno email client. So probably around this time period, we had that. So we like, it would dial up, get your email, and then that would be the only time you'd be connected to the internet. Um, So I had a lot of like email relationships with people back in the day. Um, Anyway, I'll get into those stories later. The plot of this episode is we get introduced to Jenny Callender, the computer science teacher who will end up a love interest for Giles. Um, They are in the library setting up. There's several computers in the library in this first scene, but later on you just see the one computer that's always been in the library. So I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, um, there's several computers there. They're scanning a bunch of, they're archiving a bunch of books. um, And the episode opens, opens with a flashback to 1418. There's an evil demon Moloch trapped in the internet. No, he's not trapped in the internet yet. (laughs) Spoiler alert. He's trapped in a book. And, um, it's just, the flashback is showing the monks like doing a thing, putting him in the book getting him out of the real world and trapping him in a book and then they put the book in the box and they're just like oh I hope no one ever reads this book again and then cut straight to Buffy opening the box and pulling the book out in the library because they're about to scan it into the computer so since I've already spoiled it later in the scene Willow is scanning the book And the text from the book disappears as she's scanning it. She doesn't see it because she's like distracted looking at the computer screen. Um, So then um, somebody starts talking to Willow via computer. And she is sort of flirting with this guy named Malcolm. Buffy is suspicious of this whole situation because people were very suspicious about meeting about people meeting each other online, not in person. Back in 1997, that was a thing. It was, you know, everyone was scared of it, which makes sense. Um, turns out Malcolm, who is talking to Willow, um, is actually Moloch the Corrupter, the demon. And um, he is super evil. And he eventually gets a bunch of kids to, um, like worship him, I guess. And they try to kill Buffy because Buffy's asking too many questions. You know, it's a pretty typical Buffy plot right there. Um, and then a willow catches on. She catches on at a pretty good time, I would say, because she's like, having a conversation with him and he says something about Buffy causes trouble that's why she got kicked out of her last school she just can't understand blah 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 and Willow's like wait a second I didn't tell you she got kicked out of her last school and that's when she becomes suspicious of Malcolm um and then uh Malcolm ends up embodied in a robot since he's He's trapped in the internet when she scanned him. So he, um, the, his nerds that worship him, like, create a vessel for him that is, like, a robot version of, props to the prop department in this episode, because the, both the demon version of Malik and the robot version of Malik look pretty good, uh, I think, um, So that's when they do, this is super cool. I like the way that they dealt with the way that they, um, vanquished the demon in this particular episode. So since the demon is trapped in the internet, Giles doesn't exactly know how to do the spell to what they want to do is trap him in the book again. Um, and so he calls on the computer science teacher, Jenny Callender. And um, she, it turns out, she is a techno-pagan. We will get into that later. Um, so she, like, forms a circle, you know, like a wishy circle with other people on the internet. So they form a circle where everyone's a part of this um, thing of trying to cast the demon out of the internet. And when it works... He doesn't actually get cast back into the book, but he gets cast into his robot vessel. And at this point, of course, Buffy and Xander and Willow are fighting the robot Moloch when he gets, um, he gets bound to his robot self. So he's no longer on the internet. He's trapped in the robot And that's how Buffy is able to kill him, because she kills the robot, and since he's trapped in there, he's, he's done forever, I guess, now. Um, so that is the episode. Obviously, the theme of the episode is, you know, be wary of the internet, but, and plot-wise, like, B-horror movie-wise, this is a pretty cheesy damn episode. There's a lot of in continuity. There's a lot of like plot holes and things like that. Sorry, my chair is squeaky, but I don't feel like changing it. So you're just going to have to listen to it. Uh, squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Anyway. Um, so some of that stuff is pretty cheesy, but I, even though it's 20 years later, we've always obviously, you know, gotten over our fears of the internet for the most part as a society. And all of the things that we were really afraid of in the beginning, most of those things have not come true yet. However... Because it's... I still feel like the episode holds up and I think that this episode is almost like two separate things. There's like the big cheesy B-movie aspect of it that has plot holes and incontinuity problems for the series as a whole... And then there's the, the thematic conceptual meat of the episode, which is mostly conveyed through the conversations between Giles and Jenny, which are fucking phenomenal. And I wrote down a lot of quotes (laughs) and I'm going to get into that a lot. So, um, let's see, how am I going to structure this? I need to think for a second let me just go through my notes here and we will, um, just deal with them as they're written down and I'll elaborate on them. I feel kind of scattered. Like, um, anyway, let's see. Okay. So flashback of a demon. Oh, let's go back to the research. So the research I did for this episode, like I always do, I have five different Buffy books that I consult for each episode, like looking in the index to see what they mentioned. Um, there is surprisingly little Written about this episode in my particular resources. Um, the only two things that really said anything about the episode were my two episode guides, so of course they said something about the episode because they say something about every episode. So my Bite Me book, which is my favorite episode guide, had some interesting things to say. I guess Moloch is possibly a biblical reference. There's like um, a verse in the Bible talking about, do not sacrifice your children to Moloch or something like that. (laughs) Like thou shalt not sacrifice children to a demon called Moloch. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then, um, I guess the general in chief of Satan's army in Paradise Lost was named Moloch. So that's most likely what this Moloch is named after because Joss Whedon is a super literature slash Shakespeare nerd. Um, there's a lot of references. It points out in Bite Me that there's a lot of references to Nazi Germany in this episode, which is kind of a theme in a lot of Buffy episodes, especially in the beginning. Like, there's a point where Buffy and Xander are almost gassed. There's a point where Buffy is, um, electrocuted. And according to Giles, had she not been the slayer, she wouldn't have lived through it. Um... There's also, like, a kid is on a laptop, which was a really funny moment because he was, like, sitting on the stairs outside um, on a laptop at school. And my mom was like, what is that? Because it was one of those really, really, really old laptops that was, like, the body of the thing was gigantic and had a spot for a floppy disk drive. And when I say floppy, I'm talking about the ones that were actually floppy. And the screen was like the size of an iPad mini, if that, you know? (laughs) Um, So my mom was like, what the fuck is that? It's a laptop. I never had one like that, but I didn't get a laptop until I was fully an adult. The first computer I ever got was... The only computers I've ever owned personally are laptops. Um, But I didn't get my first one until like 2005... I think it was the first time I actually owned a computer on my own. Anyway, um, so that was basically all there was, um, in my complete Slayer episode guide, which as I've said before, and I will say every time I mention this fucking book before I finally just decide to throw it the fuck away, it irks me. And I'm going to like actually read to you from it. Sorry. That was probably really loud. I'm going to actually read to you from it right now how much it irked me this particular time. Slut shaming in the complete Slayer episode guide. You ready for this? Buffy's white vest type t-shirt and tiny skirt in the opening scene. If Giles is ever on the Jerry Springer show episode, My Slayer Dresses Like a Hooker, this will be Exhibit A. Fuck you, Keith Topping. I hate your guts, as per usual. The writer of this book. As I've said before, the only reason why I'm keeping this book is because I have heavily marked it up, like, highlighted in it. Um, Mostly, I've just gone through and, like, used it for things like um, when the air dates of episodes and little facts like that. And I didn't actually look further into, like, actual commentary in this book until recently. So it took me a while to notice that this book is terrible. So um Keith Topping Slut Shames Buffy. Just a little, I mean, okay. The wardrobe in this episode. Not particularly great. Like Buffy's skirts are incredibly short in this episode. She wears a lot of spaghetti strap tank tops. Um and uh, so it's like stuff that I would not have been able to wear in high school. I would not have been able to get away with in high school, but she looks fucking hot. So who cares? And the show is about, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, okay. So there's this character, this characters that are introduced in this episode, Jenny Callender, who will be a regular, I guess apparently she wasn't supposed to be a regular, Um, but her interplay with Anthony Stewart Head, who plays Giles, was so cool, was so good. They had such chemistry together that they decided to keep her around. So I thought that was cool. Um, there's Fritz and Dave, who are both, like, computer lab students that end up being followers of Bollock. Dave is not evil and Fritz is... Another interesting um, parallel to Nazi Germany, perhaps, is that Fritz was a name in Nazi Germany used for German soldiers, I believe. So um, first awesome quote from Fritz in the very beginning when they're um, in the library scanning um, books into the computers, when Jenny is first introduced, Jenny Calendar. Um, Fritz says, the printed page is obsolete. Information isn't bound up anymore. It's an entity. The only reality is virtual. If you're not jacked in, you're not alive. So that was a really fun little quote. I wrote down, most of my notes are just quotes this time. I wrote down a lot of quotes for this episode. Um, Let's see what else is in my notes. I just want to try to get through my notes quickly and then my overall commentary can follow. Okay, so as far as um, there are two t-shirts in this episode that really gave me 90s flashbacks, Buffy had on this one t-shirt that had this kitty image. It's like a close-up of a cat's face with like a spiked collar and the cat is winking and um, it turns out this was like an image that was that the person that created it like back in the 70s didn't copyright it so it was just it's been used for a lot of different things all over the place and I just remember this particular cat image being on shirts in the 90s for sure I just flashbacks and Xander was wearing a porn star shirt you guys remember those so weird like why was that it was just like the name of a brand but A lot of dudes that I grew up with wore those fucking shirts. So that was funny to see the porn star shirt come back. Um, I'm gonna, there's gonna be a lot of quotes that I'm going to give you from, um, Giles and Jenny's conversations with each other because it's so interesting because, you know, Jenny's coming from, she's a computer science teacher. She is all about the technology and Giles is a, librarian in 1997. So at that point, you know, we were, his thoughts on integrating technology into librarianship were probably paralleled in a lot of real life librarians, um, because he was, he's not only reluctant to change, but um, just some of his ideas, like I didn't almost every argument between Jenny and Giles was like I don't know who I agree with more. I like both of their arguments on almost everything. So it really excites me all of the conversations that they had. It made this this episode incredibly enjoyable. Um so one of the first one of the first burns from Jenny to Giles was he was um He was carrying a book back to the stacks and he said, I'll be back in the Middle Ages. And Jenny said, did you ever leave? Burn, Jenny, burn. That was good. That was real good. Um, There's a lot of shots in this episode that are used in the credits. So that's just something I like to note. Um, Another thing of note, no Cordelia in this episode. That makes a lot of people real, real sad. Um, Let's see. Overall, Xander is really cute in this episode. Like, he's wearing his plaid shirts. He's the whole time. Most of the scenes in this episode are, like, in the library. Almost every scene in this episode is in the library and involving almost everyone except Willow. Like, even though this episode is about Willow falling for someone on the internet that turns out to be a demon, she's not actually shown a whole lot in this episode because most of the time when you see her she's by herself typing in front of a computer so most of the time you see Giles, Jenny, Buffy, and Xander just in the library trying to figure shit out and Xander's being very helpful he's being not an asshole the only time he was sort of an asshole was he's obviously jealous that Willow is interested in someone other than him and Buffy just like totally calls him out. She's like, he. she's like, oh, jealous man. And he's like, I'm not interested in Willow like that. And she's like, yeah, but you're used to being the bell of the ball. I love that she said, she called him the bell of the ball. Xander, bell of the ball. So in this particular episode, I have nothing to put in the Xander transgressions list. Thankfully, he was likable in this episode and totally cute. This is an episode that if, That would make me have a crush on Xander again if he was always like he is in this episode. Um, Later, Fritz is in front of the computer after Moloch has started influencing the kids. And um, there's just like a, a bunch of stuff flashing by on the computer screen. And Fritz is sitting there going, I'm jacked in. I'm jacked in. I'm jacked in. Which is awesome. Um, there's a lot of clothing in this episode, but not very much of it is that good. Buffy's wearing like, a. there's this scene where she's talking to Willow in the locker room and she's wearing like this shirt with a, this like baby doll t-shirt with a bunny on it. That's kind of cute, but you only get to see it like barely you get to see it in that scene. Um, there is one scene where Buffy... This one has got to be the outfit of the episode to me, although it wasn't a great outfit, um, but she was wearing a navy blue velvet mini skirt and like a black shirt. It had something on it, but I I couldn't tell what it was. Like maybe it was a kitty. I don't know what it was, but um, it was a cute and like black knee boots. Or maybe she's wearing her brown knee boots again. I don't know. They just look dark colored. So that's the outfit of the episode, Um, even though it wasn't that great. Um, Term of the episode. There were a couple of good ones. There's just like a lot of snappy, good dialogue in this episode, which is funny because like either they're in the library and there's really good snappy dialogue or they're somewhere other than the library and the dialogue was, like, written by someone else. I imagine that Joss wrote all of the stuff in the library or he punched up the script or whatever because he didn't get credited as a writer in this particular episode. But I feel like the other scenes were, like, the plot-driven to the episode type scenes had, like, the worst dialogue ever and the ones in the library were amazing. So it was weird. Anyway, terms of the episode. (laughs) um, Buffy accuses the... accuses Fritz and Dave uh, to Giles as being wicked jumpy. This is at the point where she's starting to suspect that something is really off. Um, And he's like, well, those kids aren't sparklingly normal as it is. (laughs) So I love the term sparklingly normal. (laughs) Um, And then... And then, oh, I, maybe I should wait to talk about pagan because it's my favorite. I think I'll wait to talk about it because this is, it hasn't been said yet. So there's Willow talking to the computer. This is where she figures out, this is a cheesy scene because she's typing back and forth to Malcolm. And you see the words pop up on the screen, but she's also saying them aloud, and you hear, like, a computer voiceover for Malcolm's side of it. So that was just a strange choice, and I wish they hadn't done that. Because you see the words on the screen, you can read their conversation without having to hear them say it. You know, you don't say things aloud while you're typing them at your computer, do you? Not usually. Anyway, so that part was funny. There are when Willow like realizes after Malcolm has said well Buffy is a troublemaker that's why she got kicked out of her last school and she starts becoming suspicious whenever he says that and so um, she's like okay gotta go bye and then she turns off the monitor and at this point I had a total flashback the sound effect of them turning off that gigantic monitor was exactly how I remember it (laughs) I mean, it's such a stupid little thing, but I really enjoyed that. Overall, I've been, um... The way that I've been doing this is I watched the episode, like, two or three times. So I watched it last night with my mom and my Michael, which you will get the mmm minute. Because Mom, Michael, Mixtress, mmm minute. <laughs> it's gonna be a new segment. Um, we watched it the episode last night, And, um, I didn't take any notes for that. It was just sort of an off the cuff conversation and got to hear it a little bit later. And, um, I watched it again today with my headphones on in front of my computer, like taking notes and like the serious research of watching it. Um, a more serious watching, um, environment anyway, and, um. I am just really enjoying like wearing my big ass Audio-Technica headphones and listening to the sound. The sound editing in Buffy is better than I thought it was. Like some of the choices in sound effects are not good such as when they punch someone it's like a typical punching sound effect so that's not good and some of the score can get a bit cheesy but overall the score and the sound effects have been really good. like like that computer sound you know they didn't use some generic clicky sound for when she turned that monitor off they used the actual sound of turning a monitor off in 1997 um and overall the sound editing in the show seems to be pretty good quality so i'm actually surprised that it it holds up that well cuz sometimes when you put headphones on and listen to you know a movie or tv show or whatever the sounds can be really distracting by how terrible they are when they're up close with good headphones. But in this case, I have been pleasantly surprised. So I just wanted to take note of that real quick. Okay, now here is a long interaction. It's not long, but it took me a long time to write it down between um, Jenny and Giles that I really wanted to um, just tell you the exact quote. Um, It starts off with, you like come in in the middle of a conversation between the two of them and they're always like fighting about technology versus computers and um Giles says something like well I'm not a snob and Jenny's you are a big snob you think that knowledge should be kept in these carefully guarded repositories where only a handful of white guys can get at it nonsense I simply don't adhere to a knee-jerk assumption that simply because something is new it's better This isn't a fad, Rupert. We're creating a new society here. Giles, a society in which human interaction is all but obsolete, in which people can be completely manipulated by technology. Well, well, thank you. I'll pass. So that segues directly into um, later, whenever you hear the minute you'll hear um, both Michael and my mom like vaguely remembered the character that they thought had a good quote and then we had to go back and figure out what it was so you don't actually get to hear what their favorite quotes were. So this segues directly into um, Michael's favorite quote um, where Jenny says something like, well you'll be happy here with your musty old books And here's where the quote comes in. Giles replies, These musty old books have a great deal more to say than any of your fabulous web pages. (laughs) I really like the way he said fabulous web pages. So, um, so that's the quote of the episode for Michael. My quote of the episode is in here, is in this conversation too. I really like, and there were so many great quotes in this episode, you guys. It was hard for me to decide, but I like overall the monologue that Giles gives at the end about books being textural and smelly, which I'm going to put on the end, his actual, I'm going to do a clip today, you guys. It's going to be at the end of this whole thing. But um, my actual quote is when Jenny says, you are a big snob. You think that knowledge should be kept in these carefully guarded repositories where only a handful of white guys can get at it. I love that. But I also love when he says, I simply don't adhere to a knee-jerk assumption that simply because something is new, it's better. Like, I agree with both of those statements. I, I think that this is an interesting, um, conundrum of, like, people in my generation. You know, I grew up, like I said, back in 1997, I would have been in eighth grade. When Buffy was in 10th grade, I was in eighth grade. And I was... You know, I grew up on the crux of this. Like, we probably didn't get internet in our house until around this time period. It was definitely late 90s. We had a computer. We've had a computer as long as I can remember. But we didn't have actual internet until late 90s. Like, I don't remember actually having internet until around the time, like a couple years, like the last couple years that I was in high school. So, This was a time period in which we were all as a society getting used to the internet. And being that I've always loved books and I ended up becoming a librarian, this, the interplay between Jenny and Giles is just my inner monologue at all times. And I feel like a lot of people that grew up in the same time period as me could relate to that thought process of like, I love books. I love physical books, but I also love technology, you know? Like, I have typically been an early-ish adopter of a lot of new technologies, but I also really, really like, you know, just hanging out in the library with a pile of books and, like, research and all that nerdy stuff. So, like, the giles Ginny arguments are just, they hit me... right in the heart meat, man. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I totally, watch this episode, you guys. Watch it just for the, like, you know, take all the cheesy plot shit with a grain of salt, but watch it for all the scenes in the library. So this is a definite must watch for me. Another good um quote of the episode Buffy when they realize that Moloch has been scanned into the internet. She says, "He's gone binary on us." <laughs> I love that. Uh, I think I'm just like not a lot of people rate this episode highly, so I think this particular one might be one of those that I that just is specific to me as a human. Like I consider myself like This is probably one of my top, at least one of my top 20 episodes of Buffy. Probably. Um, let's see. Where are we? Okay. Back to another Giles and Jenny interplay moment. Um, she, I don't remember what he said to make her reply to this, but this is the part that I wrote down. Wrong and wrong, snobby. The divine exists in cyberspace. Same as out here. Are you a witch? I don't have that kind of power. Technopagan is the term. To which we gotta segue now into talking about the term technopagan. So every time I hear it in this episode, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about technopagan. I gotta start calling myself a technopagan. I'm a total technopagan. Like I love this word so hard. So last night I looked up the hashtag technopagan on Twitter to see what was out there. For the most part all that was out there on Technopagan was apparently there's a lipstick from Obsessive Compulsive Cosmetics that's called Technopagan and it's sort of um, a really dark bluish almost purple mom you would call it Madonna blue it's almost Madonna blue it's a little darker but um, (laughs) it's It's a good color for a technopagan lipstick, but that lipstick's $18, so I'm not going to buy it or anything. But almost everything that was on Twitter, hashtag technopagan, was that lipstick. But there was also um, one (laughs) where um, someone tweeted, I don't want to read it verbatim. This person is at 5horbust, H-O-R-B-U-S-T. She says, there comes a time when a librarian learns that technopagan is the actual term. I love that. I don't have that kind of power. Technopagan is the term. So Jenny self-identifies as a technopagan, which I love. And I also now, I mean, I would get technopagan tattooed on myself. No, not really. Um, And then I decided just for fun, let's look up on Urban Dictionary, the definition of technopagan. So I'm going to read you both definitions here. Someone who blends modern technology with their pagan or witchcraft practice. That's definition one. Definition two is a person who works in the technology industry by day and practices witchcraft at night. (laughs) So anyway, um, technopagan is the term of the episode, as I've said many times, and I just keep making excuses to say it over and over. Technopagan, technopagan, technopagan. So it's time to put Moloch back in the book. Back in the book, Moloch, Back in the book. So this is when they create the circle in the internet. Um, Giles has gone to Jenny and been like, um, um, uh, there's, uh, you're gonna have to believe something that you're not gonna want to believe. Um, there's a demon in the internet. And she goes, I know. <laughs> it's the best. Um, so that's when he's, like, reading the incantation of how to put Moloch back in the internet as she's typing it. Which, by the way, "Robia morte." Bitch, why didn't you learn how to really type? Like, you're supposed to be a computer science teacher, and she's like pecking away with one finger as she's typing in this spell. I'm like, I call bullshit on her being a techno pagan if she doesn't know how to fucking type. She should be typing like a mile a minute. It should be like a blur. She should type so fast. You know what I'm saying? But apparently, she didn't care enough about her role to learn how to type properly. She didn't even like do the ASDF you know, putting her fingers in the right spot. She's a computer science teacher. She should know how to teach keyboarding. She shouldn't. uh, Okay. Anyway, that's my one big, one of my big inconsistencies with this episode. (laughs) One of many, but, um, that's one big one. Okay. So, um, (laughs) for some weird reason, Giles is like, you know, as he's reading the incantation to Jenny so that she can type it into the internet, um, he is, like, actually reading it, doing a dramatic reading of it, which I found kind of funny. Like, (laughs) I think it would have been a better scene if he had just been, like, saying Order of Kalis, demon come, um, instead of, like, actually saying it really effectively. Um, that was a really cheesy moment, though, whenever he gets bound into his robot vessel, like um, the way they're showing this happening because it's just jenny sitting in front of a computer screen and giles holding a book like reading the incantation so that she can type it in that's it um they show like the computer screen like flashing a whole bunch of different colors like there's a wind a mysterious wind in the room then all the candles blow themselves out and then she's like okay that's it he's bound and then they open the book and they notice that the text has not reappeared inside the Moloch book. So they're like, oh shit, where did he get bound? How do they know he got bound? <laughs> I mean, I guess because of the wind and the computer colors. But <laughs> anyway, he was bound in his robot vessel, as I said before. And that's when um, Buffy, um, he gets she gets him electrocuted because he like starts to punch her and she ducks and his hand gets stuck in a thing and he just explodes. Whatever. He's fine. Then the very last, um, scene is one that is really iconic and telling, and it's really important to the series as a whole, I think. It's Buffy, Willow, and Xander sitting in front of a fountain outside the school. And this is the conversation that they have. They were, um, they were talking about, like, Willow's like, why is the only boy that's been interested in me, interested in me, a demon robot? What does that say about me? And Buffy's like, That says nothing about you, honey. You forget that the boy that I'm interested in is a vampire. And Xander's like, Yeah, and the teacher that I had a crush on was a praying mantis. (laughs) And then Buffy says, Let's face it, none of us are ever going to have a happy, normal relationship. And then Xander says, We're doomed! And Willow's like, Yeah! And then they all laugh. And then it um, pans out to the shot of all three of them. They're laughing. And then they all, like... Their faces drop and they sort of look down and away from each other like, oh shit, no, we are doomed. We will never have a normal relationship. And guess what? They never do. So that was a nice little moment, and that was the very last scene of the episode. So right now I'm gonna segue into um first a conversation about Buffy's birthday. I feel like it's time to address it because if you watch this episode, you may notice a glaring error the um so at one point like the I think it's Fritz is like doing research on Buffy or Malik is bringing up the information and he's like gone into her permanent record and like he pulls up her profile or whatever she has a 2.8 GPA sounds legit like she's smart but she's not applying herself because she's kind of distracted by being a slayer so 2.8 sounds about right. I don't think she should have a great, you know, that would be like high C average. So, I mean, that's about what I was at that age. (laughs) Anyway, um, but it says on, there's two separate shots of this little profile of Buffy. One says that her birthday is like, may 6th of 1979 and one says her birthday is october 24th or 25th of 1980 like what why did they have that inconsistency in there it's like literally two shots right next to each other and you see those two different birthdays i mean i guess they assumed that you wouldn't be pausing it or whatever um and so that led me down a rabbit hole of what is buffy's actual birthday Um, I had to do some research to get there. Like, there are five, I think, different Buffy birthday episodes. One, the first one aired on January 19th, 98. The second one aired on January 19th, 99. The third one, January 25th, 2000. The fourth one, um, February 6th, 2001. And then the fifth one, February 12th. 2002 so um I don't think you get a Buffy birthday episode in this first season so it starts with season two and I don't think you get one in the last season Um, maybe you do and I just didn't find it written down at one point Buffy the character in response to Riley asking her in season four who are you or what are you? I think he says, what are you? Whenever he first finds out that, is starting to find out that she's a slayer. And she responds, Capricorn on the cusp of Aquarius, you. So her saying Capricorn on the cusp of Aquarius and being that her birthday episodes air January 19th, January 20th, around that time period, which is Capricorn on the cusp of Aquarius. And then um, there was... And I am not a spoiler-free podcast. Just in case you don't know already. I don't think I've given any spoilers so far in this episode. But um, I'm not spoiler-free. I'm constantly going to, like, jump around in the timeline and talk about different things as they relate to each other in the timeline of Buffy. So, if you don't want spoilers, stop listening right this very second. But, um, so there's, um, when... I believe I might be wrong. So maybe I'm just not going to say that part because I might be wrong, okay, so never mind. So I looked it up um during my googling apparently there was a time in which there's been several different birth dates listed for her. In this episode alone there's two in the span of a second and a half of footage. But it turns out the Buffy's real birthday is January 19th, 1981. So I had previously thought that she was two years older than me, but she's only like a year and a half older than me. That's it. So, well, I guess a year and like eight months. So almost two years. But um, I just, um, I, I am glad to now know officially Buffy's birthday is January 19th, 1981. And I will not finish that. Finish that. I will not forget. Uh, I I think I'm like ahead of myself and kind of nervous about this particular episode because I find it to be a really important episode and I like want to say intelligent things about it and I feel like I have intelligent things to say say about it in my head but I don't know how to get them to come out of my mouth (laughs) so um I'm just gonna let's see I really like this episode I think that it really captures the feeling that we all had in 1997 where we were excited about the internet but it also scared us Um, I think it says a lot to the librarian heart to see the arguments between Jenny and Giles Um, if you are a fellow librarian let me know your thoughts on this if you're a fellow person that was born around the same time as me which I was born in 1982 let me know if you have similar thoughts in your life about what it feels like to grow up on this cusp like i really feel like we grew up with like one foot outside of computer world and one foot in it you know like we have seen all of this computer shit the internet become a fucking monolith in our lives we've seen it we were old enough to be aware of it happening but young enough to, like, be in it for each step, you know? Like, we weren't set in our ways when the internet came around, but we were aware of a world before it, you know? And I've talked about that a lot of times. I find it to be really interesting our particular generation being on the cusp of... being on the cusp of Giles and Jenny, you know? <laughs> we were we were that... And especially those of us that later became librarians. Like a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people still think that librarians are more the Giles type, more the like musty old books, um, type. And, um, but they're not. Librarians have always been like up to date with shit, you know? Like we've had in my small town in the Midwest, we've had computer We've had our card catalogs on the computer since 1992. So um, we've had internet, we've had Wi-Fi in our library for a while now. Uh, most of the time I've worked there, I think, um, although it did seem like it took forever for us to get it. But I mean, People my age have seen all this stuff come up. We saw the internet become a thing. We we saw Wi-Fi become a thing. We saw iPods become a thing. We saw iPhones become a thing. We've seen all these things come up. Um, and I, I don't know. <laughs> There's something that intelligent I want to say about it, but I just don't know how to say it. Maybe someday I'll figure it out. So please let me know your thoughts if you have any thoughts on this particular philosophical um, rumination that I'm, path I'm trying to go down here, so let me know if you have any thoughts. Mixtress Ray, radio at gmail. M-I-X-T-R-E S-S-R-A-D-I-O at gmail. So, let's go ahead and segue directly into the mm minute, and then I'll come back and give you my ratings for the episode. Okay, it's time for the mom minute.
1: I just made that up. I'm not sure I can make it a whole minute.
0: Well, okay. So we just watched iRobot Jane. What are your thoughts? My
1: thoughts are it was kind of scary and I really liked Giles' outfit when he was giving the speech. The spe- speech about books being smelly? Yeah. That was a
2: terrible <laughs> tie. What? I said that was a terrible tie.
1: Oh, but the tie had diamonds and his shirt, shirt. <laughs> his shirt had stripes and he had one of those bar tie tack things and he had like his usual tweed jacket and he had a vest that was really low cut and it had six buttons on it. Whoa. Double breasted buttons. Totally took in that whole outfit. Yeah. It okay. looked really hot.
0: Of many textures, while he was talking about books having texture. That's right. That's right. So, um, do you have a favorite outfit of the episode?
1: That was it. (laughs) Oh yeah. We just just discussed that. that. (laughs) So, if you any other thoughts to add? I remember when computers were scary. Yeah. The
2: internet
1: was evil. We, couldn't, we weren't allowed to have the internet because it was evil. We got it in like 1995. No, we did not.
2: That's pretty early, though. Man. We
1: did
0: not. I think we, we, had. Did. we had the Juno email client for a while before you allowed us to actually have full
1: on internet. Because for some reason, emailing wasn't that evil to you, but the actual internet. And I remember saying, but
0: mom, you can look up anything.
1: Yeah, but you still can't believe everything you read. Oh, yeah. But I saw it as a research tool. Except all I ever looked up was pictures of Marilyn Manson and Tori Amos. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> so, if you had to give it a rating of, you know, just how much you liked it. Zero to five. Well, as you know, you and I are currently on season six. Mm-hmm. And we jumped back in time. We went straight from, um... From something that you're not going to know about for a long time. Well, like this six is, years. This is not a spoiler-free Well, yeah, but podcast. we don't get to talk about season six while we're in whatever season We right don't. Now. I don't think you should. All i got
2: to say is thank God they worked out Willow's hair. Because it was a mess. A hot mess in the beginning. And I
1: lost his hair. It's just long and straight. And the
2: the terrible ponies. like they just worked out her whole wardrobe and like the little little scrunchy ponytails out all of her, so she yeah didn't she just, didn't
0: uh, have her wardrobe she, yet.
2: No, she didn't. It she was, was
0: it's starting to get cute though. She's wearing a purple fuzzy they're, sweater they're, they're in this one. Make her
2: too much of a trope in the beginning, you know. I don't think so. The nerdy, you know, girl next door.
0: Well, she was. That's who she was. Yeah. yeah.
2: And they're like, playing it to a T in the very beginning.
1: I think that's fine. Okay, so as you know, we're watching season six right now. And so jumping back into this season, which is one, season one. It's very jarring. Well, it was really fun to see the contrast, yeah.
2: The lighting's gotten better. There's just the production value has gotten better.
1: Mm. And Buffy is so bouncy and... Yeah.
2: Yeah. short skirt. She, she used to be more, more lively and jovial. Very bouncy she and short-skirty.
1: Yeah, she's very yeah. bouncy and short-skirty.
2: Yeah.
1: I enjoy that Buffy.
2: Yeah. The bubblegum Buffy. Yeah.
1: Bubblegum Buffy.
2: <laughs> Rather than the bubblegum on the sole of your shoe Buffy, which is season six Buffy. Hey. <laughs> not trashy. No, no, no. Not trashy, but just like that is
1: the way she feels so does that does that lead into a rating well it was going to but then I lost my train of thought <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, so the that makes the enjoyability rating a little higher than it probably should be. <laughs> because we went from the depths of despair of season six she to the bouncy bubblegum bunny shirt.
2: That gets it like at least one more point. Yeah, but I didn't
1: shirt. even really get to see that it was a bunny. Yeah, you didn't really get to see it yet. Yeah, they haven't got the wardrobe done except for Giles. <laughs> no. See, I like Buffy's wardrobe in the beginning. So Tiger hates it. Is this the first appearance of Miss Callender? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. totally digging the mole on her neck. Yeah. That's good. I think there was. Um, I think I saw a comment, com commentary once where they were talking about that. How usually, um, when she has acting jobs, they make her cover it, but they didn't make her oh, cover well, it in this. Oh, that's nice. She was happy about that. Well, it's nice. So, I'll give it a three.
0: Give it a three. And, I guess if we're doing the five by five rating, so, how well do you think it conveyed the message of being cautious about the internet, I guess? I think, it, I
1: think it was very clear. Yeah? So, I have to give it a five. All right. So, your five by five rating is 15 for iRobot you Jane. Excellent! Yay! I didn't know it was that easy giving a rating. Yeah. Yeah. Thought it was harder.
2: Give a... Because I, I make a, it
0: sound complicated. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, just me. I make, it a four by four. I
0: make everything sound complicated. You give it a four by four? Four
2: by
0: four. We're not talking about you yet.
2: Oh well, I I thought we were just doing this. Okay. Well, let's just do it. Well, I mean, we it's we've been sitting here talking.
0: What is? What are your thoughts on the episode?
2: Uh, we just discussed thoughts.
0: You just interjected some random. Well, yeah, thoughts.
2: that's how I. That's how. That's when I do my best work. Okay. <laughs> so now that we're focusing on you, you're like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weirdo. You don't have anything out of my face. You don't
1: have any other comments about this episode. Um. Uh.
2: Kent. Kent was the, the evil computer nerd guy dave no dave was the one that Brits. oh the I'm,
0: the I'm jacked in guy yeah
2: party I'm jacked in. the dude is actually a serial killer now i looked it up while we were watching the episode no he's killed like 37 people
0: you're making that up
2: yes i am making that up <laughs> but look at his face He's killed at least some He, he Yes. He looks terrible. He's a, killed at least one person. <laughs> you know. Maybe like, not before this, but...
1: Yeah, he killed Dave.
0: He just looked like a regular evil high school kid oh, to me. Party. I've seen that kid. I know mm-hmm. that kid.
2: Yeah.
1: What else you got?
2: Um, I really liked the... No. There was not really any really good outfit yeah, was in this episode. Yeah, it was just uh, there was yeah. Buffy's sparkly shirt.
1: That wasn't
0: good.
2: Yeah.
0: It was okay. She's 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 overly padded right now.
2: Yeah. Um Jenny's vinyl jacket. I don't know.
0: What about was... Buffy's like kind of animal print, but really it wasn't
2: like... see enough of that? Yeah, you did. Nah.
0: She's wearing like the whole lot. Well, there were a whole bunch of like shots well, from the credits well, with her in that jacket. Yeah, you have no outfit. It wasn't the, the one. It wasn't
2: the one she was wearing in the cemetery on the fourth, fourth episode, third,
1: fourth. The trench coat was pretty good. Yeah, with the yeah. weird little but kid these, gla- but glasses. That she got that she stole from a child.
2: Yes, <laughs> and then she wore them at the end too. know <laughs> yeah.
1: So you don't have enough. That you don't want to give it to Giles.
2: No, no, that was terrible. It was awesome. That tie was oh so gaudy, and it was like one of those thick ties too. It was awesome. <laughs> and, like, and she was wearing it too short, and oh.
1: It was awesome. You
2: no, know, it was not for me
0: about quote of the episode I guess you weren't taking notes
2: no I wasn't taking notes Um, Xander had had
1: one Xander had a good quote yeah I did
2: whoa there was one thing that Giles said
0: that whole speech at the end that's my quote no
2: no it was earlier than that way earlier than that it was something I wanted to make a gif out of
0: or or just the quote could just be the term techno pagan yeah. Because it is beautiful.
2: <laughs> what did she say? There's a lot more of us than you know. <laughs> I don't know. She's such a weirdo. And then you said, no, Jenny, it's just No, it's just you. No, it's just you. <laughs> no one
1: else has ever called themselves a techno-pagan except for me. Every time I watch this episode, I decide I'm going to start calling myself a techno-pagan, and it lasts about a week. Yeah. And... <laughs>
0: So, okay, you don't have a quote.
2: I do, but I just can't remember it. We'd have to go back. Yeah, yeah,
0: me too. This is just the first watch through. Of course, yeah. I will be watching it two more times. Yeah,
1: find that Xander quote.
0: Okay. When, good. I, when I take notes, because this time I thought we were just going to talk to Mom, so I was not prepared.
2: I'm sitting here, so I can't shut my mouth. You know me.
0: Yeah, that's true. So what, is, not. So what is your 5 by 5 rating then?
2: I said 4x4. Four four.
0: You said 4x4. Four four. Yeah. So yours is 16. Mom's is 15. I am not ready
2: to get that. Yeah, I am not I have much more research to do. I like to uh, rate things based on more of a visceral reaction. More belly? Yeah. belly? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, how do we sign off of this? That, that thing, has been the mom minute. This is the, the, mom, minute the, mom minute. the mom minute that was actually 11 mm-hmm. minutes. The, the mom and Michael 11 The, the mom and Michael.
2: The the momento, Michael. M- momento minute. We, we like to call it the <laughs> minute. Mmm. <laughs>
0: Alright, so now that you've experienced the mmm minute, I think that's what I'm going to call it from now on, even though it will be more than a minute, because it will be... Um, Almost always I'll be able to watch the episodes on Thursday nights with my mom and my Michael. So they're all, I should be able to recreate that segment possibly every week as long as they're both agreeable to that. So it will be mistress mom and me the minute <laughs> like mm, fashionic. <laughs> um, okay, so it's time for my ratings of the episode um, the object of the episode, the thing that, the object of affection of the episode, the thing that I would like to pluck straight out of this episode to keep for myself for all time is Buffy's fuzzy brown trench, trench coat. Um, she wears it for like a, so many, so many outfits in this episode, but she wears it for like a second when she's tailing Dave to see what's going on, to try to figure out what's going on with this whole weird... Moloch computer whatever thing so she's like following him wearing these cheesy cute little sunglasses and a brown trench coat And the brown I can't figure out it almost looks like crushed velvet but the pile is too thick I mean do you call it a pile when it's not carpet I don't know but it looks more like upholstery grade crushed velvet if that's a thing and it has like a big 70s 90s collar that she has popped up and it's just, it looks really cozy and cute and it's brown. I definitely need a, a crushed velvet brown trench coat. I mean, why don't I have one? So that's the thing that I would like to pluck out of the episode to have for myself. As I said before, the outfit of the episode, I mean, it's kind of a stretch, but I really do like Buffy's short skirts in this episode. Um, there's just something about a knee boot and a super short skirt I'm totally into it, you know. <laughs> um so I like her her short navy brown cr- velvet skirt that she had paired with like a black baby doll t-shirt that that had some kind of design on it. I liked it. It was okay. Not a not a huge fan, but quote of the episode like I said before. I mean it, there's so many good quotes that it's sort of a tie but to pick like the shorter quote because what you're going to hear at the end of this episode here in a second is the actual dialogue of Giles saying one of the best quotes ever where he talks about books having texture and smell and it's just like this dream librarian quote about the love of books and knowledge and how books and knowledge should be tangible it's it's the best it's the best But I didn't write that one down because I wanted to play you the actual footage, the actual clip. So since you're about to hear that, um, I'm going to tell you my other favorite quote, which I already told you earlier, but I just want to repeat it. When Jenny says, You think that knowledge should be kept in these carefully guarded repositories where only a handful of white guys can get at it. Which I think is a really nice woke Jenny moment. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to write that as the quote to refer back to it later. Woke Jenny moment. Okay. Um, There wasn't really, there wasn't any music in this episode, really. Um, There wasn't any listed on, I tried to look it up online. There wasn't any listed in either of my episode guides. Um, So that was kind of odd. I mean, there was a score. The score was kind of good in this episode. Um, so my five by five rating. Okay, I need to. I need to actually get serious and do that. My mom gave it a three by five, so a fifteen. My Michael gave it a four by four, which is a sixteen, which you just heard. Um, I really like this episode, um, and I think it conveys the message pretty well. I don't want to give it a perfect score though, because I know because comparing it to my favorite episode of all time, which is Restless from season four. I mean, obviously I'm going to give that a perfect score because it's my very favorite episode. And this one had some plot problems, like I said before. So as far as straight up enjoyability of this episode, I think I will give it a four. As far as clarity of message, I feel like this episode really, really got the message through very well. I think, you know, our fears of the internet, meeting people on the internet, what the internet means to us as a culture were legit back in this time period. And this particular episode didn't, wasn't conveying the internet is evil or the internet is good. It was neutral. By just watching the interactions between Jenny and Giles, you see that there are great points on both sides of this argument. And it sort of, like I've said a bunch of times, it sort of conveys the middle point where we were having one foot in the internet world and one foot out of it at this point. Now we're fully inside the internet. We're fully jacked in at this point. I also want to point out that all the times that Fritz was talking about being jacked in during this episode, this was pre-Matrix. I mean, Matrix was probably being shot at this point, but the Matrix didn't actually come out until 1999. So... I just want to give credit right there. This whole being jacked in bullshit. Of course, that was a concept in sci-fi books forever. So it's not like Joss Whedon invented it. But I'm just saying, pop culture wise, this was before Matrix. Just so you can put it all in perspective. (laughs) So as far as like clarity of message, I got to give it a five. I think it really conveyed a healthy skepticism of the internet. I don't think it, I mean, the fact that a scared of the internet, metaphorical horror episode of television holds up in 2017, I feel like it really does hold up. Like, it's not like, it would be very easy for this subject to be really laughable now, but I don't, but the way that they handled it, I think was really mature and I don't find it laughable. Like, I don't. So, therefore, my final 5x5 five five score, 4x5, is 20. So, that's pretty good. I think I've given other episodes 20 at this point. Maybe. Maybe one other episode got that. But, um, yeah. So, that's pretty exciting. So, that's that's it for... For Mixtress Ray today on iRobot Eugene, you can find me on Tumblr, Twitter, other places on the internet. On MistressRay.com, like all my links to all that stuff. I am Mistress Ray on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, all those things, YouTube, and um, I'm trying to get better at Twitter. So, like, you could actually follow me there, and I'm trying to, like, really, like, update people on everything from there. So, um, yeah. Go find me there. I will be back next week with The Puppet Show, which I remember as being a bad episode, but I think I'm biased because puppets freak me out. (laughs) So I think the episode itself is probably good, but it's just puppets. There's a lot of Puppets. I don't like puppets animated puppets okay so next week is going to be kind of hard for me just um, sensory wise but we're going to get through it we're going to get through it we're going to get a lot of Cordelia next episode so look forward to that Um, there's going to be a talent show those are always fun I think we get the introduction of Principal Snyder next episode I'm pretty sure So that's exciting. Um, So I'm just going to leave you now with the quote, the, the Librarian Giles monologue of the century. Here it is. Are you ready? All of you book lovers out there like me are going to enjoy this particular quote, I think. So here it is. Actual clip. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for that. Here it is. Here's Giles with an amazing quote. I will see you guys next week. Bye!
1: Well, it was your book that started
0: all the trouble, not a computer. Honestly, what is it about them that bothers you so much? The smell. Computers don't smell, Rupert.
2: I know. Smell is the most powerful trigger to the memory there is. A certain flower, or a, a whiff of smoke, can bring up experiences long forgotten. Books smell musty and, and, and rich. The knowledge gained from a computer is a, it, it has no no texture, no no context. It's it's there and then it's gone. If it's to last, then, then the getting of knowledge should be uh, tangible. It should be um, smelly.